Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, bow bow bow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along again to the Turpin Odyssey. We're working our way through the ITV series Dick Turpin, which starred Richard O'Sullivan as Dick Turpin. And this is the first series from 1979. And this episode is going to cover uh, an episode, episode four in the series, which was entitled The Porcher. Now then, Sam, this for me is easily the best episode we've covered so far. Your thoughts? I would say that I've made... I've never made so many notes on anything that we've kind of deep-dived before. Because right. you know me, I usually like to run on instinct, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you go from the gut. I'm, yeah. I'm a freewheeler. You're, you're a gut podder, aren't you? I am a gut podder, yeah. But having said that, I've made loads of notes on this one simply because, yes, it probably is the best one. But it's certainly... Well, it's definitely best for... Because, you know, you've got, like, the action, the fighting, the plot, all these different things in every episode. What this one wins at is the dialogue. In fact, I would say that in terms of dialogue, this is one of the greatest television episodes ever made. Um, And that's why there's so many notes, because every single (laughs) quote that comes out of their mouths in this, you have to scribble down. In fact, I think the closest you could get, if people want a flavour of what kind of writing and dialogue there is in this episode, and and by the way, none of this is an exaggeration. I'm not joking. It, the writing is so funny and yeah. superb, the dialogue. The closest I could compare it to is probably with Nail and I. Yes. Like, you're reading that and you think, what's his name? Bruce Robinson must have yeah. written this. Because yeah. it's like... It's like a television version of Withdale and I. Yeah. It's amazing. It really is. And if you yeah. want to pause the episode and go and watch it on YouTube before we start talking about it, by all means do. It's on there. It's on YouTube. It's called The Porcher, uh, Series 1, Episode 4. And then come back and listen afterwards or do it however you want to do it. But you have to watch this episode. Yeah, I would say definitely if you like Withdale and I, you will really like this episode. <laughs> That's like probably the closest comparison I could think of. Uh, I can't say it's getting through this in one episode. It's going to take a couple of Probably weeks not. to get through this one, I think, because there's so much, so much going on. You could just do bullet points of all of the amazing things. In just 25 minutes as well. Although it took me yeah. a lot longer to watch it because I kept having to pause it and write quotes down yeah. and replay them because they're using words, uh, ye oldy words in this that I've never heard of, yeah. but I love That's... and want to introduce to my personal lexicon. Yeah. That's something that I thought as well. It doesn't patronise the viewer. It doesn't no. try to modernise the language that, that 
Dick uses or any of the characters use. They they yeah. talk as they would have done back then. Yeah, I it's... do think that's the thing about Dick Turpin. There's a like a lot of it is actually interesting from a historical perspective, mm. isn't it? Mm. I mean, it's not what it's there to do. It's not horrible histories or or whatever. It's not there to educate us necessarily. Mm. But I do think that the writers took the period setting seriously and yeah, there yeah. are little details of the way in which life was led back then that are kind of historically interesting. Yeah. And, mean, the, it, and the language they use is probably one of the main things, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty big budget affair anyway, isn't it? It's it shot is, on yeah. film. It is, the, the locations and everything are as accurate as they could get. It's not done on the cheap. It looks really it's good. A, I mean, it looks like, you know, like, it's not like even if you compare it, it's a, a Dictor, uh, Doctor Who would be a fair comparison. So that would have been on BBC. What was it? Was this BBC or, or this LWT? This was ITV. Yes, it was LWT, so it's probably more money. Yeah, they will have like, done. They'll have had more, And it yeah. would have certainly been kind of up against Doctor Who because it was a Saturday yeah. tea time show. But this, in terms of production values, and sorry, nerds, but everything else. But in terms of production values, it fucking kicks Doctor Who's ass, no doesn't comparison. it? It's like, it? It looks like almost American standard. Like when they have like group scenes in the inn and that, you notice a lot of British yeah. TV dramas will have very sparsely populated bars. Yeah. Because they don't want to pay the extras. Yeah. That's not the case in Dick Turpin. You walk into a fucking inn and there's wenches and drunks everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can almost smell it, can't you, when you see yeah. it? Yeah, I actually, actually caught a bit of an, an 80s Doctor Who the other night. There's a channel called That's TV, which has popped mm. up and is showing loads of old stuff. And it's repeating Monty Python's Flying Circus uh, every right. night from 9pm, which is interesting. Loads of other stuff as well. Uh, the British Empire, Hill and Pierce. <laughs> Um, I love British the, Empire. The, the old Benny Hill shows, which oh, haven't great. aged well at all. Uh, so it's showing <laughs> loads of them, and it's 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 got some eighties Doctor Who on there as well. I watched a bit of a Peter Davison one because Peter Davison yeah. was was my Doctor when you were yeah. a kid. You yeah, always had the Doctor. I guess, yeah, yeah, so yeah, was, yeah. That was mine. So I watched a bit of that, and uh, I mean, it was it's entertaining, good to watch, great when you're a kid because you don't look mm. at production value so much and judge them. But it, compared to Dick Turpin, absolutely no comparison at all. Mm. It's like diamonds versus dog shit. But, um, yeah, I mean, fucking Doctor Who's all over the fucking gaff anyway. They make it up as they go along. It's like Harry Potter. Like, some things <laughs> are just like, they just write any old nonsense and the audience just go with it and post-rationalise yeah, yeah. everything, don't yeah. they? Oh, yes, because I think that is a reference back to the William Hartnell episode <laughs> in 1963 where he does go to the planet fuckface. It's like, lads... Get it right. This is just some fucking lazy TV hack with a fag hanging out the corner of his mouth. Fucking thinking, I better fucking submit this bollocks. Kids will fucking be into anything as long as you've got a robot dog. Robot dog and a flying fucking phone box. The kids will go along with fucking anything. So type, type, type. Send it over to the fucking BBC. Yeah, this will do. Start building the set out of fucking boxes. Yeah, whereas Dick Turpin is historical fact. It's historical fact, and the writing is quite simply sublime. Oh, it is in this. I mean, it's an absolute romp. This episode. So yeah. we'll we'll begin at the beginning, and mm. uh, we see Dick and Swiftnick, and um, they are about to rob a coach which is going along the the, the track, the road. Is it a road? I don't know. Sure, it is a road. And the the rich fella who's riding along in the coach tells them that he's already been robbed. Um, which is a bit annoying for Dick because it means that someone else is on his patch nicking his business and Swift Nick uh, gets the, the fella's box that he carries his 
his jewels and his coins around in and sure enough it is empty um, he has been previously robbed there's nothing there to be had for Dick and Swift Nick uh, Dick tells him Dick gives him some consumer advice at this point it's almost <laughs> like the um, what should we call it the um, what's it called again Citizens Advice Bureau that's the oh, words yeah. I'm looking for it's like that he gives him some free advice yeah. he tells him to sue the county and you get back half of your losses <laughs> oh, that's interesting isn't it? I don't know if he was aware of that and then he says to that's John probably how, that's probably how Dick justifies it to himself as well I think it is they'll yeah. get it back on insurance you get half of it back yeah so yeah. John Glutton is the sheriff of this county he said um so then, obviously, they've got to work out what's going on. Who the fuck is this other interloper that's mm. doing robberies? And um, they spot someone on a horse in the distance. Swiftnik's got a nice uh, telescope that he's using to spy on him. And this fella is on a mask. <clears throat> uh, so they decide to go chasing off after him. Um, but uh, he, he makes off. And he goes off into the woods, and they decide to go around the around the around the side, try and get him at the other side, but it's going to be pretty futile because um, he, he's faster than them. But Dick tells Swiftnick to shoot low, so they're planning to fucking shoot the cunt <laughs> if they catch well, him. Well, uh, we'll shoot him. Hopefully dead. <laughs> but well, no, he says shoot low. Oh yeah. And he says why? He says just do as you're told or something like that. He says, uh, but if you're going to be hung, best not for murder. So um, <clears throat> then they're in the woods and they don't find this mysterious masked robber. But instead, they come across um, a dandy, a fop, a fop. A fop. Um, who is in a wig and fancy finery and he's on horseback. And uh, he, he explains that he's already been robbed an hour ago. And he says... Yeah. Uh, He's, he's obviously, he's a very uh, camp character, um, and he says he says something like, "I've nothing left, not a farthing. T'other vultures picked me clean." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> Swift Nick says, "What is it?" And Dick says, "I think it's a man," <laughs> which is a bit, <laughs> it's a bit not very PC. But then you know. <laughs> I don't know what year this was, 1742 or whatever. Well, at this stage, at this stage of watching it, um, I was like, oh no, this is, this might be problematic, this episode, because this guy is obviously extremely metrosexual, right? These, these were fashions that in this era were coming from Paris, which was Mm -hmm. very much the heart of fashion, wasn't it? And they came to London and it's the big fucking wig and the powdered face and the beauty spot and all of that. Yep. You know, Elton John was big into it, wasn't he, for a while? He was. He um, was. New Romantics, etc. And I thought, oh, no, because he's a bit effeminate, there's going to be loads of jokes that would have been okay in the early 80s when this <clears> was made. But I would say, although I go, I think it's a man, right, and mm-hmm. they lightly bully him for being yeah. effeminate, right? Yeah. As it turns out, I think at the heart of this, as we will see, is actually a very progressive message about different sort of gender identities well, and and sexuality and just way of you know basically and and I just way of presenting yourself I think that Dick and Swiftnick actually display that they've got pretty progressive ideas on this sort of thing as the show goes on well we said that last week's episode uh, with the fight um was 
inspiring for Scorsese and Raging Bull. I think yeah. this episode was probably an eye opener for Boy George and the other gender benders of the early 90s. I thought you were going to say it helped inspire It's a Sin, the multi award winning <laughs> um, show about uh, the gay community in the 80s. It's been nominated for many, many BAFTAs. Yeah. No, 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 but just a few years down the line, Boy George, Marilyn, all of them, they'll have yeah. seen this character, well, and Dick Turpin. They'll have been watching the, Saturday the, Tea Time. The Blitz Club. Um, frequented yeah. by Spandau Ballet well, yeah, and Steve Strange. This, wasn't it? About a year later, I reckon. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Steve Strange was sat at home thinking, fucking hell, imagine this, but a weekly club night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and he's got fucking, he's opened it and fucking Gary Kemp's topped up looking like the fop. And then fucking Adam Ant's turned up looking like Dick Turpin. Well, that's the thing. Adam Ant did stand and deliver in 81, didn't yeah. he? So this is just, yeah. it's just culturally I mean, inspired. I mean, for sure, Adam Ant, I mean, not even joking, for sure, Adam Ant would have been inspired by oh, yeah. Dick Turpin. But Dick Turpin was, was massive, was trendy. wasn't it? Yeah. This, this show made yeah. it, it was massive and it made it trendy. And I, as we've talked about extensively for years on the show, was a, was a Dick Turpin super fan. Yeah, and also like most kids, I really liked Adam Ant, you know, and it, it, I'd already mm-hmm. liked his other songs that came before this, right? Mm-hmm. Things of the Wild Frontier and all of that. But then the cunt turns up dressed as Dick Turpin yeah. on top of the pops. Yeah, fuck <laughs> it. Can you imagine? <laughs> My head practically fucking popped, yeah. mate. I like already thought Adam Ant was awesome. The cunts turned up dressed as my favourite TV character, singing an absolute fucking banger, and it goes to number one. Yeah. And, of course, Dick Turpin, the series, will have been on to, like, series three or something by then. So, of course, as you mm. said, it will have been huge, huge in the public consciousness. And Adam Ant's just gone, about I'm it. having some of that. I'm, I'm having that. Because Adam Ant was like, was like David Bowie. He was a, a cultural magpie. He was. He and the best bits of what Adam Ant would have looked at that and thought, do you know what? And he was, <clears> he was smart. He would have thought. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? Actually, yeah, it's a great show. It's a romp. There's loads of sword fighting. Brilliant, brilliant. But actually, let's be honest, that fucking outfit he's got on is extremely cool, which it was. That was one of the appeals to me. Yeah. I just thought he looked so cool. It's like the three-cornered hat, the fucking cloak and the bandana. Let's be honest, he'd have turned to Marco Peroni and said, that bloke's the best fuck. He's the most stylish, sexy bloke on telly. I thought, I'm out of man. I'm supposed to be the most sexy guy on telly. I'm having that. <laughs> Yeah. And Marco, let's write a song about being highwaymen. <laughs> oh. And they did. They wrote a song about being highwaymen and it went to number one and was really good. It was, um, I was listening to Absolute 80s as I sometimes do when I'm driving around the other day and Stand and Deliver came on and I kind mm. of did that thing where you listen to something you know but with fresh ears mm. yeah. that you haven't heard for a while and I thought, yeah. fuck me, this is an incredible song. Yeah. The boldness of it is just yeah. completely out there. It's so good. And the video that went with it as well. Yeah. I think it's hanging at go, the end. Guys, okay, so, <clears throat> I mean, did you at our school used to sing, stand in your dinner, <laughs> your mummy your mummy or your wife? <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? Stand know. in your dinner, your mummy or your wife? <laughs> I Didn't don't matter. Know. But we should do a, a spin-off history box of the Stand and Deliver video, I think. Oh, yeah. There's lots of good videos. Um, the the <clears> video <throat> for Ant Music is great. And, and Prince Charming, he, he did a load of good videos around yeah, that time, he didn't he? Yeah, wasn't he? And he had Diana yeah. Dawes in the Prince Charming video as well. Yeah. 
and he and like um, the other thing I was thinking in 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 um, stand and deliver. He does a Jimmy Savile in it because he, which he was prone to do in a lot of his songs, because he goes like this: "Stand and deliver, oh, oh, oh your money or your wife." <laughs> yeah, he does do a bit Different of a Jimmy times. Savile, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. But um, apropos of nothing, I was watching. There was a thing on ITV4 after the snooker finished the other day, and it's one of those world of sport compilation things that they have where they just show like three minutes of things from the 70s and the show's right. only about 10 minutes long <clears throat> it was the 1979 world darts final from Wembley Arena mm. and it was just thick with smoke cigarette smoke and Bobby George had won the final and it was presented by Diana Dawes and I oh, thought what hell, could really? be more sexy in 1979 than that fucking hell that's amazing <laughs> Diana Dawes yeah I had no idea that she did that sort of gig of course he did. Well, I mean, she did the Prince Charming video. She was up for anything by that point, I think. Jalapeño. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Jalapeño. If Diana Dawes was still alive, we've never, we've always, you know, we've never introduced a third wheel to this podcast. No. And I don't suppose we ever will. You know, there's been some mild cameos like Results Bot. I think yeah. Len appeared on the one queen. briefly, maybe. <laughs> right? The Queen. I think if Diana Dawes was still going, though, we'd, we'd readily we'd have her. Uh, we'd say, look, we do this every day. Diana, <clears throat> Mrs. Dawes. Mrs. Dawes, we do this every day. And as far as we're concerned, if you turn up, you're on. So yeah. it's up to you. Anytime really. you want, you just tell the us. The door is open constantly. You don't even have to ask. Just turn up. <laughs> we'll send you a link and you can just join us whenever you want. <laughs> once a month, once every three months, whatever. It'll just be an honour. Anytime or every you want day. To just whenever it feels right. You, what I suspect is you'll do it once and then after that you'll catch the bug and you'll probably want to do it every day. <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to start doing your own one after you've done one where you just get all your mates on talking about your favourite biscuits and stuff like that I don't know <laughs> feel free I mean we, we, we're help, we happy to give you a helping hand any advice you need about <laughs> microphones or whatnot. <laughs> just keep it short don't do one that's like fucking 70 In minutes that, long I, I, Mrs. Dills, I'm going to give you a number now it's for an outfit called Vita Modular <laughs> that's 
That's Vita Modula, right? <laughs> Do your, call them up. Tell them you're a friend of mine, right? And they'll set you up with everything you need if you're going to crack on with this um, biscuit one you want to do with Charles Hawtrey. Because I think that that sounds good. Charles Maybe set up a Patreon. Oh, Charles Maybe set up a Patreon. That's what we did. Fuck. Charles Hawtrey podcast. Oh, man. Imagine anyway. that. I mean, the best, this is true, the greatest podcaster we never had, without any doubt, mm. is Kenneth Williams. Oh, Yeah. Twitter if as Kenneth well. Williams was alive and podcasting, yeah. it would be the only podcast worth listening to. Yeah, completely. It would have been superb. And it's a. there's many reasons to be sad that Kenneth Williams is no longer with us, but probably the main one is that he's not. I mean, what, what podcasts are popular these days? I have no idea. No. <laughs> Whatever the popular podcast <laughs> is, it's shitter than... Yeah. than uh, the Kenneth Williams podcast. Yeah. Oh, God, that'll be so good. We need to do the diaries. You've got the diaries, have you? Diaries. I've never read them. Oh, I've never read them. Get a copy. Get a yeah. co- get on the Amazon or whatever, the world yeah, of books. Yeah, well, I'll get that on the old, uh, on the Kindle so later, good. yeah. So good. Loads and loads of um, sly references to masturbation. <laughs> yeah, he I loved was, wanking. Went, do you remember uh, that dramatisation where Michael Sheen played him? Yeah. There was a bit where he just went home and stood on his bed and start stripped off naked and just stood on his bed wanking standing That's up. That's what he does in the diary. So he went home and had a Barclays. Right, <laughs> 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 like a wanking. Amazing. What a I fucking would, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, I said before he's done, I think he did two Desert Island Discs. Mm. And they're the two best Desert Island discs of all yeah. time. They're both available on BBC Sounds on the archive. Right. And, uh, yeah, they're just sublime. You could listen to them again and again. In fact, well, I might I think I might go and listen to them after gonna, this. I'm very mm. much into me audio at the minute because I've just started trying to do me 10,000 steps every day. So I'm going out and doing a lot of walking. Without Oscar, I go out, mm. I take Oscar for his daily walk and that lasts about 20 minutes because that's all he can be asked to do. It just kind of stops after a Imagine while. And a lazy dog. That's it's even, a lazy dog. That, I mean, what's the point of that? The old exactly. point is they're supposed to the get thing, you exercise. He he stops after like twenty minutes and he just stands a, still. This. I've got the lead yeah. behind me. It's got a, I've got a retractable lead and I feel myself yeah. pulling it, pulling it, and then oh. there's something at the end that's just stopped coming along. Oh, and then it just fuck's sake, it just Oscar. and then pulls what? You don't have end. to pick him up, do you? Yeah, one of them dogs. You, you have to carry him out. No, no, I just drag him. I said, come oh, on. for fuck's sake. Get on sake. with it. But, he, you know, he knows when it's over. He knows when he's telling me it's over. So then I've got mm. to go back out again. Got to get in the house, dump the dog in the house, go back and out carry again. carry on walking. Walk again. But then I'm starting from my starting point. It's not like oh, I'm getting fuck. to walk off into a somewhere, you know, beyond. It's just like yeah, doing yeah. the same walk you got to start twice. all over again. It's fuck. like when you're playing a video game, you die, and they put you back to the beginning exactly. of that level. That's exactly what's really like. Really irritating. Frustrating. Yeah. So anyway, I've, I've just finished the Billy Connolly audiobook, his autobiography, and I'm just about to start the one that Madness did the year before last, oh. because they all read it. It's not one of them where it's an actor reading it. Each member of Madness are reading it out. Mate, even am... Even Chaz Smash, who left the group a few years ago. He lives in Ibiza now. Yeah. I had a great thing from someone. Uh, this is maybe it's indiscreet, but it's so funny. I told Lenny, and he's obsessed with it because you know we went to see Madness last week, and yeah. a mate of mine is sort of good mates with Chess Smash and Suggs. He just sort of knows them from round 
the you know London clubs years yeah. ago, and I said oh, I said to him, you know, Len's really into uh, Len's really into madness now, but he's been wondering what happened to Chaz and why he's not in the band anymore. And my mate said, oh, thing is, he's just happy living out in Ibiza. We went. The thing is, it's, it's like herding cats being in madness, and it always seemed to fall to him to be the one who had to get them all together in the oh, same right. place at the same time. And it, and it, he grew very tired. He found it right. quite tiring. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to remain mates with them, but he found the whole thing of like getting madness together every like year or two years for a tour very yeah. difficult. He goes because right. they're just they're all they're all mad and they're all yeah. kind of quite disparate. And I said, oh, yeah, that must be difficult. He goes, I mean, for instance, he he called up Lee and said, look, we got to get back on the road. And Lee Thompson said, oh, it's good. I don't know, it's going to be a bit of a problem. I'll have to speak to my work. And he went, what work? He goes, oh, well, I haven't got the job yet. He went, but I've applied for a job and I think I've all but got it. And he goes, doing what? He goes, on the bins. He went, you've applied for a job on the bins? And he's gone, yeah. And he went, why? And he went, because I'm fucking bored. There's nothing to do when we're not touring. I never know when we're going to tour again. And I'm setting myself mad. So I applied for a job on the bins. And he goes, he went for a job on the bins and they said, they didn't recognise him. They went, right, okay, Mr Thompson. This all sounds good. Um, when will you be available to start? Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yeah, look, I can start whenever and I can do every day. But there is a chance that once in a while I may have to disappear for a few months. Yeah. And they go, what? Why? And he goes, because my band sometimes will tour. Usually we're not together. But once in a while we'll get together and we'll tour. And then that does take up like a solid sort of six months. <laughs> and they go, your band? What band? You're in a band? And he goes, and they thought it'd like be some shit pub band. He goes, I'm, I'm in madness. Yeah. And what? Actual madness or a madness tribute <laughs> band? He goes, no, I'm the saxophonist in madness. I'm the flying so one. what I need you to do is give me this job as a bin man. And then, but once in a while, let me go off and, and be, be in madness. madness and then I'll come back. And they just went, no, fuck that. We're not giving you a job on that basis. you got to choose. It's the bins or madness. <laughs> but apparently Chaz Smash was just like got caught in the middle of all of this. And he just, he, and that was one of the things that made him think, Joe, what, fuck this. Yeah. Th- this is so mad that I'm yeah. having to wrestle with him trying to get a job on the bins. I don't think it's because he's skint either. I think he's just like thought, oh. Just want something to do. Want to well, do like, so. I mean, Lee, it's Lee quite Thompson. a good social job, that, isn't it? If you want to make friends and see people. Yeah. I mean, if, if you know anything about Lee Thompson, I mean, he was involved in petty crime when he was a kid. Yeah. And I imagine yeah. he's got a very, very active mind and yeah. he can't just switch off very easily. So no, he needs no. something to do. Jigsaws, like you know, like yeah. Francis Rossi's doing. Like We've just Rossi, been yeah. informed this morning by Dancy Francie, who's one of our um, yeah. regular what? contributors. Yeah. Pointed out that Francis Rossi's enjoying jigsaws and crosswords now. Uh, yeah, is- well, Francis Rossi's an amazing guy. I mean, as, as I just tweeted to, to Francie and you, his book is sensational. Will yeah. one day be the subject of a deep it dive? Absolutely I'm sure it has to be. We, 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 but like Lee Thompson couldn't have that lifestyle of the jigsaw I could no. in a heartbeat as yeah, I said on Twitter exactly. it's the static caravan life and well, that, that would do me you know I I think that looking at life if if you can live the static caravan jigsaw life like Francis Rossi is doing now mm. then you should treasure that and it's a blessing because if you can't and you're like Lee Thompson and your your mind's too busy, it won't allow you to sit still and it makes you want to go and get a job on the bins because you're too fearful to sit, just sit still in a room. Yeah. Then that's a real curse and it's a problem to live with. And I think that I've sort of experienced both and I'm very much on a road to being more of a static caravan man now. Yeah. But I still have tendencies when temptation is laid in my path 
to like, you know, start getting into other shit. But all I want is to be Francis Rossi slash, you know, Andy <laughs> Dawson slash whoever else can be. be. But, what, but what gives me hope is that Francis Rossi, when you read his book, was one. I mean, famously, he snorted so much coke, his nose fell off, right? That's right, yeah. No, I mean, you know, he, he certainly was living out large for most of his life. So if he can go from being Francis Rossi nose destroyer yeah. to a jigsaw man, yeah. then it, there's hope for any of us. His, his current nose is actually made from plaster of Paris and it's just painted yeah. over the top. There, there is well, no he's nose. a bit like a Wurzel Gummidge. He has a selection yeah. of noses and every morning he opens a drawer <laughs> and he selects which nose and each nose, <laughs> depending on what mood he's in, it gives him different skills and talents and personalities. <laughs> depends if he's going to do a lot of sniffing or not. It depends on what Mate. his plans are. I will tell you something off air. I won't reveal the full details now. But okay. since we're talking about pop stars, right? Mm-hmm. This afternoon at around 3.30. Mm-hmm. Well, 3.30. I say around 3.30 because pop stars are usually late. Um, I am interviewing three pop stars at once. Whoa. They are three of the most, I would say, iconic. Pop- I know you say quite rightly the word iconic is overused. <laughs> But when I tell you off air who these people are, you will say, yes, iconic. I mean, one of them in particular is, yeah. Anyway, it's an amazing thing. I'm really excited. I've been pursuing an interview with one of them for several months. Right. And I didn't think it was going to come off. And then all of a sudden yesterday, I get a call going, it's going to happen. But the pop star in question is touring with some other pop stars and wondered if you could interview three of them at once and they'll just all have a nice chat oh very intriguing and i went yes i will do that and (laughs) it's so exciting and hopefully it'll be out next week so i don't have to continue to be really secretive but it's so on my mind i'm like buzzing with excitement oh can't wait to hear about that yeah speaking of pop stars did did i ever tell you which pop star uh, was private messaging me on instagram during the first lockdown Yes, to know let me where, try to remember. Where, is it Terry Hall? And he wanted to know... What was it that he wanted to know? It was consumer advice to Terry Hall from the specials. I know that, but I can't remember because I thought about it the other day. It just ties in with what we were talking about. He yeah. wanted to know where I was getting my jigsaws from. That's it. I remember. Yes, I remember that. Amazing. Uh, he couldn't get any jigsaws anywhere. He wanted to know what my sauce was. My jigs- I think that's jigsaws. got to be right. I, I mean, you know, you have a lot of quite famous people messaging you on Twitter. I know that. But that has got to be one of the greatest all-time exchanges. Come on, it has to be. So for me, that almost trumps the time that Shaka Khan liked your tweet about uh, a feel uh, for you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, we're not going to get much further on this episode in, uh, today. But we haven't got into any of the dialogue that we've been talking about I was going to say, we're just at a point where one of the best lines in it appears uh, where mm. the, the this this dandy this fop that are trying to rob in the woods uh, has got a, a very very elaborate powdered wig on and um, one of them says what's what's that on his head I can't remember who says it but uh, the the fop says I can't do this justice but I'll try he says uh, it's the mode the mode you bumpkin the fashion it's the you mode <laughs> what's that on your head that's what Swiftnick says as well isn't it Swiftnick's yeah. such a fucking oaf he really yeah. is a bumpkin yeah. I mean I love Swiftnick but he really is just a fucking dope isn't he yeah. what's that on your head yeah yeah so um, that's the first with Neil moment isn't it yeah 
Yeah, that is it. And um, there's there's loads more to come. So um, we'll I'll, leave- I'll leave you with that. It, it, it cuts. I mean, yeah, we got a minute just to give you a flavour of what's coming up in the next episode of this, right? It cuts then to it turns out this bloke is Glutton's nephew, right? Yeah. And it and it cuts to Glutton's rig and he's there scheming as usual with fucking Spike and they just sit around bitching most of the time, right? Yeah. And he says, Yeah, my nephew's coming, right? And Spiker bristles. <laughs> he bristles and he goes, Oh Yeah. He goes, You don't you don't like him, do you, Spiker? <laughs> and he goes he skips about the house like a doxy's lapdog. It turns my stomach sour. stomach. <laughs> <laughs> and that is when you get the strong... Right, typically Spiker is a homophobe because mm. he is implying that this guy, just because he's a bit effeminate, <clears throat> must be a homosexual. He might be, he might not be. We don't, we don't know. It's never really... But it, there is clearly strong homophobic vibes to Spiker, Spiker is, at Which this is no stage. surprise at all. And Glutton, on the other hand, is a bit sort of like, nah, that's just, the, he's just, that's the way, he just he's, goes, that's he's, London. It's from he London. Just says, that's, London. London. that's what they do, yeah. You know, it, it, that, that's tolerant. how they roll, that, that's how they yeah. roll there. You know, what What can I tell you? And he sort of is amused by the fact that Spiker is, because Glutton, yeah. so you like about him, is slightly more cosmopolitan than Spiker. Spiker is basically Nigel Farage. <laughs> he's a small town, Fucking small-minded, terrified, fucking yeah. moron, yeah. right? Who finds anything outside of his own tiny, dreary little world and lifestyle absolutely fucking terrifying, yeah. right? And this this arrival of this nephew, who's very, he's actually quite a laugh, upbeat, flamboyant, fun, into his little cosy fucking setup he's got with Glutton. Mm. It's like, well, like he says, it turns his stomach. I mean, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Spiker had um, latent homosexual tendencies himself. It very often is the case That's with these homophobes. That happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. We'll find out in the next one because uh, yeah. this could go on for Wait three weeks. Wait and see. Will Spiker bum Glutton's <laughs> nephew? Wait and see on the next episode of Top Light Time Machine's Dick Turpin Deep Dive, a football podcast for real fans. <laughs> Thank you and goodbye. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.